Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I'm sensing a disturbance in the Force. Yes, yes, indeed. The Force is strong with the media outsiders. Be mindful of it, though, my friends. Be very mindful of it. Move along. Oh, the media monkeys and the junket junkies invite you to the plastic pantomime. Oh, I see. So now I'm an outsider. Nobody is online. Media Outsiders. Let's broaden our minds. Rock and roll. Showtime. Uh-oh. Here comes old Pin Pants again. Hey. What's that guy? Welcome to the Media Outsiders, a look at media from the outsider's point of view. If you want to be on the show, call 724-898-2110. Now here's your host, Logan. Great host, you say? Then I'm Logan. Well, hello everyone, it's Logan, and this is another episode of the Media Outsiders. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And as I mentioned before, we're not doing live calls for right now. We're just going to a pre-recorded type thing, so you won't be able to hear some of our other people. But I do want to talk about a movie that just came out this weekend. Very much anticipated. It's the newest movie from the Marvel Cinematic Universes. And that is the sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy. And this is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And... I went and saw it. It's by directed by James Gunn, produced by Kevin Feige. It's one of the Marvel movies, and it's starring all the original cast: Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldander, Saldanger, also known as Uhura in the new Star Trek reboots, wrestler Dave Bautista, everyone's favorite Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Michael Rooker. Who who doesn't love Michael Rooker? Merle from The Walking Dead. Karen Gillian is back as Nebula. You remember her from Doctor Who with Matt Smith playing Amy Pond. And they bring in some new characters as well. And uh, some surprise characters. Sylvester Stallone has a uh, little cameo in there. Sean Gunn, the brother of, of James Gunn, the director, he's back again. And the big star, the big antagonist of the film... Kurt Russell. So, great movie. It takes place a little bit after. It opens opens up, first of all, in 1980, where we see Ego, who turns out to be Quill's father. And Quill, of course, is paid by, played by Chris Pratt, Peter Quill, Star-Lord. And we bring back and we get to see his mother again before she died of cancer. And they're planting a seed. Then we jump forward to 2014, and the Guardians, they're hired by the leader of the Sovereign, which is a race there, all golden, 
to protect some valuable batteries from an interdimensional monster. And if they do this, they get Gamora's sister, Nebula, who's been caught trying to steal those batteries. Well, they, they do complete the mission. They defeat the monster in a rather humorous way. And Rocket steals the batteries for himself. So the Sovereigns come after him, comes after their ship, trying to wipe it out. Now, I need to say this first of all. If you, if you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, you will remember one of the, the greatest moments of the film was actually 45 minutes at the end of the film. And this was before the credits rolled, and it was Baby Dancing Group in his flower pot. And fans everywhere adored it. It, so, it sold a ton of toys. Well, this time Groot has he has grown past his 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 flower pot and he's a little mobile mobile little tree. And he is officially called Baby Groot. And once again Groot steals the scenes in the movie. He is the best thing in my opinion of the movie. And in pure Guardian style, just like Peter Quill had a dance scene for the opening credits of the first movie, while they're fighting this interstellar beast, this interdimensional beast, you see Baby baby Groot just dancing around to Mr. Blue Skies. And you see in the background, you see the, the Guardians being knocked around by this big squid-like beast, but Groot is just dancing throughout the entire opening credits. And, ladies and gentlemen, right there, in my opinion, is worth the price of the ticket. It, it was great. So, but what happens is that the, the Sovereign sends a bunch of drones after them to, to wipe them out. They're going to die. And they are mysteriously destroyed by a ship. And they crash land on a planet. The ship lands along next to them. And the ship is containing Ego who reveals himself as Quinn's father. Now, for those who don't know, Peter Quinn is half human and half something else. And we find out what that something else is in this movie. Also, along with Ego, is a new character, Mantis, a little female alien, some antennas, and she has some empathic abilities, and turns out to be a very successful, useful person throughout the film. So, as the movie goes along, and one of the side missions is that the leader of the Sovereign's hires, Yandu, if you remember him, Michael Rooker, who was the one who, who stole Peter when he was young, right after his mom died on cancer from Earth, raised him with the Ravager community. They hire Yandu to go try to hunt down Quinn and bring back Quinn's crew and brings back the batteries. And there's a whole side mission in there where his lieutenant Taserface leads a mutiny with the help of Nebula. And we won't get too much into that. Because I don't want to ruin everything for the movie for you here. But there's a couple of different side plots going on throughout this movie. And half half the crew split up. And half are with Yondo. And that would be Baby Groot. That would be... Uh, that would be Rocket Raccoon, Bradley Cooper, and I'm trying to think. Oh, nope, because the other, the other three, Peter Quill, 
Gamora and Drax the Destroyer, played by Dave Batiste, goes to goes with uh, Ego to his planet. And he has his own planet, which is a beautiful, gorgeous paradise. And Mantis is there with him. And Ego explains that he is one of the godlike Celestials. Now, the last time we saw the Celestials, the Collector in the first movie was giving a history of the Infinity Stones. Showing the big giant creature with the Power Stone wiping out civilizations. And that big armored creature was a Celestial. And Ego is one of those one of those Celestials. And he exists as the planet on which they're standing. He's able to project a human avatar so he can travel around the world and interact with other species, where he eventually met and fell in love with Quinn's mother, Meredith. And what happened is Ego paid Yondo to bring young Quill to him after Meredith's death. But uh, Yondo never does that, and it explains why in the film, why he doesn't do it. And for all these years now, Ego has been traveling around to try to find Quill for a very specific reason. So, I'm not going to reveal too much more, because I don't want to ruin the entire film for you guys. But that's, that's leading up to what happens throughout the film. But there are some great interactions. And in a way, it reminds me of a little bit of... Star Trek Beyond that came out last year and how in that movie when they crash landed on the planet they split up the crew and here they split up the crew too to allow different relationships to build uh, one of the neat ones is Eagle's uh, pet empath, empath Mantis she grows very close to Drax and she eventually warns Drax and the crew about what's going to happen but she has the ability to to sense your feelings and to, by touching you, change your feelings. And Drax and Mantis become very close toward the end of the film. But watching those two, those two interact, was great. Because, of course, Drax is a, is a great character. Just how he comes comes at things with a very literal sense. And at, like I mentioned before when I did the review for the Guardians of the Galaxy, I had no idea who Drax was. I really, I didn't know any of the characters. I'd never read the comics. And of course, everyone falls in love with, with Groot. But at, the more I watched the original Guardians of the Galaxy, and the more I watched Volume 2, Drax is slowly becoming one of my favorite characters. He is, he's, he's growing on me. And for for the wrestler, for Batiste to, to do that, he does an excellent job. And uh, it's, it's great to see Drex expand more on what he is. Then, of course, you have the do-they-love-each-other-do-they-not scene between Gamora and Peter Quill the whole time. And that's growing back and forth. And now you have the, the added plot in there, the Eagle's father's there, and he wants Peter for a very specific reason, which at the end turns out to be uh, something you don't want to, to deal with. So, the whole movie was built on the theme of families, and they mention that throughout the film. 
In the first film, it was all setting up learning and meeting and getting to know each of these people. This film here is families. Of course, there's the family connection of of Rocket and Groot because they were partners. They were best friends. And now Baby Groot, Baby Groot has en endured himself to everyone. And there are scenes where Baby Groot just jumps up onto, onto Drax's shoulders and puts his head down and falls asleep like a little toddler. And Drax is just sitting there just stroking his back. Everyone is always keeping their eye out for Baby Groot. So Baby Groot is the beloved character of the crew. But we also get much more from Rocket. Rocket isn't just being an a-hole, as I always tell him, even though he does consider call himself a professional a-hole. But he's the one that brings out the family issues near the end there, between him and Drax. Then we get to see a whole lot more between Nebula and Gamora, since they're sisters and hate each other. And most importantly, Quill with his daddy issues. He meets his biological daddy in Ego, but then he comes back across his the man who raised him in Yandu. And Yandu and Quill have some very heart-touched, heartfelt moments there. And what happens in the film is is very emotional. It is very very loving and is well worth everything and Michael Rooker does some great scenes in this movie you you fall in love with with Yondu throughout the film now there is one complaint and this is going to be a little spoiler for people when when Yondu in his, the first movie when you first saw him he wasn't missing his his gigantic fin on top of his head he had a little shaved off mohawk style that he uses as a, the transmitter to control his his whistling arrow, which is back. And in this movie here, we get to see the addition of the big giant fin. So he looks much more like the classically drawn comic book character. So there's all that. Now we do have some cameos. We have uh, Sylvester Stallone in the film, Michael Rosen, Rosenberg, who played uh, Lex Luthor in Smallville and the voice of Flash in the DC animated series, the in the the Justice League and stuff like that. They're in it. There's some other characters popping up in here or there. So there's a lot of little cameos, and there's a great one. And this one truly ties together all the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's a Stan, Stan Lee cameo. And this, this one's just too good not to be able to, to talk about. There's a scene where you see him as an astronaut. And he is talking to one of the Watchers. And if you don't know who the Watchers are, get on, get on Wikipedia and look them up. But the Watchers, their job is pretty much they just watch everything in the universe. And Stan Lee is sitting there and talking about all his past cameos to the Watcher. And it, it really ties things together that how Stan appears in each film, it's all tied together. You're wondering, is he a Watcher in disguise? Which has been a theory some people have had. But he's, he's in an astronaut helmet, sitting on a moon, talking to a, 
to a group of watchers. And that was a great, great scene. Uh, Howard the Duck makes an appearance again, voiced by Seth Green. So a lot of stuff just to watch out for. Now, at the end of the film, of course, they have their their mid and post credit scenes. And in this one, now a, f- a lot of people, myself included, when you, now that we're having to sit through the credits for all the films, you actually, a lot of people, they play with their cell phones and catch up on messages and stuff like that. Don't do that in this one. Because there are five post-credit scenes scattered throughout the credits. And also there are some in-jokes in the actual credits as they're scrolling. They also show some, some images. And as the soundtrack is playing, you see different cast members dancing. And you see some people that weren't in the film. But are tied to some future Marvel films dancing away as well. So, it, it, it's a fun credits to, to watch through. Stanley and the Watchers have another final one at the, at the very end of the, the post credit scene. And uh, there is there's a mid credit scene with uh, Peter Quill and with Groot that if you get up and leave before that, you will sorely be kicking yourself in the end when you see it. When you miss it. And hear about it. So, it it's, goes on a whole lot with the family issue. So, this movie here, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do I rate it? I, I'm rating it up there as a, a 9. I mean, I have firmly grown to love these characters. There's another in mid, the mid-credit scenes tying up to something. They teased it in the first film. They've added it a little bit here with the Sovereigns. And I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But once again, don't get up and leave before this all the credits are done. So, 9 out of 10. Great, great job in my opinion. Um, the entire cast has done a terrific job. It looks like the, the weekend gross for this movie, it had a $200 million budget. And it looks like it's averaging about $145 million for opening. So, not too bad there. The rest of our top five, The Fate of the Furious, which has been out for two weeks now, is at $207 million. Boss Baby, which has been out now. Oh, how long has that been out? And actually, Fate of the Furious has been out a little bit longer than that. And I can't see, they've, they've cut off my uh, my dates. But Boss Baby, which has been out for a little bit of time, only has $156 million. The live action Beauty and uh, How to Be a Latin Lover, number four this week, $20 million. And uh, Beauty and the Beast, the live action movie starring Emma Watson. million gross, $160 million box office budget. I'm going to be making a few more videos, a few more uh, recordings coming out this week to talk about a couple of other shows. I think I'm going to combine two of them because I have also seen the Power Rangers when it came out and also Ghost in the Shell. 
and Ghost in the Shell really, really has. Now, it's Japanese anime. A lot of people don't know it. It has a $110 million budget, and it only brought in $40 million domestic. Now, I'm not sure what it's done worldwide. Maybe it's done a whole lot more. $167 million total. So it just squeaked past its budget, but didn't do very well at all. And let's just go check on Power Rangers here. $100 million budget, $84 million domestic so far. I think it's probably out of the theaters by now. $50 million foreign, $135 worldwide. So I uh, I don't think that one's going to be bringing in much for, for a sequel. Maybe a direct-to-DVD sequel. But those are some of the movies that I'll be doing this later on this week, just to catch people up on but this movie here yeah the whole the whole thing is guardians of the galaxy this weekend get a chance to see it i saw it in 3d the effects were good for 3d i'll probably go back again this coming week and see it again in just regular 2d but get out there don't waste don't worry about money here it is well worth every penny you put into it now, something else I've been talking about in the past, and we're still going on with this, is that I have started a Twitch page. It's been out live now for about two months. You can find me on twitch.com forward slash thegeezergeek, where I am doing games as an older player since I turned 50 back in January, and I could use your support. So, to all my fellow listeners out there, to all my fans, please go out there. And at least follow the show. I tend to try to stream every day in the evenings. Various games. We have done some Lego Worlds. We continue to do Ark. We have a new server that I've been playing on. I've been playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. In honor of Star Wars this month, we're playing more Star Wars Battlefront. I have Stellaris, which I haven't played into yet. And maybe we can get to Squid Lord and get playing on that a little bit because he loves that game. Starbound, just a bunch of different games out there that I have that I'm trying to play. And I am sitting here thinking about Rust, another survival game that's out there where you very realistic looking, you have to go out and and just survive. Plus, of course, we still have Astroneers, City Skylines, and Overwatch, which I haven't played a whole lot of, and Stranded Deep. So I play a different variety of games for people. But tune out there. I'm setting up a, a Patreon page for it to help out if anyone ever wants to help out. And that will cover everything for the Media Outsiders and the Geezer Geek combined. But tune in, at least follow the shows. I have a number of videos out for people can watch. And uh, where I used to do the videos on our homepage, MediaOutsiders.com, now all the videos are being moved over to Twitch. And with Twitch, you can interact with me live, both on Discord and right there in the chat room while I am, I'm twitching, while I'm streaming. And yeah, when I, when I stream, I twitch too. So, so do join us. That is twitch.com forward slash thegeezergeek. And until next time, everyone have a great day. This has been Logan, who enjoying our movies, enjoying our videos. 
go out there, let us know how you feel about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and about Logan that came out last month, where people still love that. I've seen it a couple of times. And uh, supposedly this month sometime, they are supposed to have a limited release black and white version of Logan. So, but until next time, here is the lovely Megan to take us out. Thank you for joining us on the Media Outsiders. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on iTunes. Search for the Media Outsiders. Also, follow us on Twitter at Media Outsiders. Join us each Sunday night at 9 p.m. Central. The talk show ID is 81865. This is the lovely Megan, and we will see you next time. Turn to docking bay and power down. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.